We're officially starting now. Because Scott wanted to officially start. Where's the drum roll? I've got my official Starbucks coffee. So oh, okay. Starbucks sugar. You know, little. would you like a little coffee with your sugar? Vanilla right. latte. Hey, welcome back, Scott. Welcome hey. back, Scott. I mean, hey. I'll tell you, when, here. when we paid that ransom, I really didn't think it was going to work, <laughs> yeah, right. but you're back, so that's good. <laughs> We've been scot-free for a while. Who yeah. would want me to pay any money for me? We did. We paid lots to get you out of that <laughs> shit. A <laughs> dollar? Yeah, well, that seems like a lot to me. A dollar? In the, out of that Turkish prison I was in? <laughs> How did you get uh, out? That's the one. We paid the ransom. You know, sucked as many dicks as I could. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to Nam? Just, yeah, just for a day. Tell us about yeah. it. There's absolutely nothing to tell. <laughs> what do you mean? I sat there at the Sir booth and I just said hi to some people and Sir dealers and then went to eat at um, a good restaurant. I can't remember the name of it. And that's it. You know that was it? my NAM experience. You, I, didn't, I, you didn't play it now? I, no. I, just, no. I, I walked over to Celestian. I said hi to Rick Skillman. Mm-hmm. I looked for our new Diadario guy. What's his name, Bruce? The new guy? Now that Hugh's gone, yeah. there's a new guy. Is it Ken? Yeah. No. Um, I can't remember, but I walked over to James, Diadario. Maybe and, James and, Spaulding, I think, something like that. Anyway, oh, he was in meetings all day, so I didn't get to say hi to him. So I went yeah. over to Exotic and said hi to Toshio. Right. You know, he was great. It was cool because he was all by himself, which is unusual. So I got to just have a little conversation with him and say hi to him. He's such a nice cat. Yeah. And that's it. Wow. Was there Amazing. anything else at Nam that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you liked or hated as I much? I didn't see anything. That was pretty much it. I didn't see anything. Yeah, I didn't. Right. I didn't like walk the show and see stuff. I just right. hung out with yeah. John and I caught up with John for a little friends. bit and said, "Yeah, G'day. Well, yeah. I was there Friday and Sunday. I was there Saturday at, at Sir uh, yesterday, just dropping off my guitar to have a fret job done before. All oh, right, tour. okay. Mm-hmm. And I saw these cool guitars they're making now with them. Um, you know they're 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 what do you call them through necks, not bolt on necks, but they're straight through straight through necks like Les Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not a Les Paul. Well, I mean it's kind of like a Les Paul because it's mahogany and maple top like a Les Paul, but the body's shaped just a little bit differently, and the headstock is shaped obviously differently because Gibson's got a patent on the headstock just like Fender does. But um, yeah, they're really beautiful. They go for about eighty five hundred. Each. So they're so like Les Paul, Sir Les Paul. It's like a Sir Les Paul, yeah. That's oh, the ones okay. he had at the, um, the NAM, right? I think they Some had one there, yeah. Oh. And they're beautiful guitar. John asked me, did, yeah. did I want to pick it up? I just said, no. 
I don't want to touch it. Why do I want to touch that? I know me neither. I don't think they're even going to give me one of those. Yeah, I was like, that's way too pricey. I'm not, I'm not qualified. <laughs> man, they looked amazing. He's making some really beautiful. Yeah, details. they're beautiful. He showed me like a couple with a couple different types of maple tops, and they were gorgeous. Yeah. just like wow, and light too. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, John, unlike Gibson, you know, Gibson just pokes big holes in the in the mahogany under the maple to make it light. So it's got holes this big round holes oh, wow. in it. Yep. Well that's how they make their guitars yeah. light. I didn't know that when I bought my Les Paul in the nineties. I, I was like, wow, this Les Paul's light just like the ones from this the sixties. I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. And then later I found out that it's got a bunch of big holes in it under the maple. But it still sounds good to me. I mean it's a decent sounding guitar. Yeah. Probably not as good as a as Jimmy Page's yeah, Les right. Paul. <laughs> but that costs like thirty thousand dollars. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a hell of a lot of more. Wow. So what else? You've been playing? You played some shows over the break? Played at Baked Potato during NAM. Yeah. Which is hard because I was sick. I I got the flu. I got that LA flu that everybody Bruce had got. It. You had it too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had to play a gig at MI that day I was really sick. Ugh. And I had to to, you know, go to MI and play a gig for the students and I was really out. I mean, I don't even remember what happened. I had a fever. Wow. And it was a mess. Yeah. Was it with your the band, the guys mm -hmm. who came? But at the baked potato actually I guess the show was pretty good or people said it was good. I don't know. I can't yep. judge myself. But yeah, I think it was I think the second set was probably really good. First set was like, you know, okay. But but it was sold out, so that was good. And then you guys you know. recorded, right? And then we went to the studio for three days and recorded. Well, first we went and rehearsed at MI for three days, and then we recorded for three days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where'd you record? At King Size Sound Labs, same place we recorded Vibe Station. Right. Great studio. You know, they got a great Neve board, and it's just so awesome. Man, I love that room. Drums sound great in yeah. there. Like, it's not one of those big, boomy rooms like a like Ocean Way or some you know where they they're, you're going for the John Bonham huge room sound on the right. drums. It's it's more for jazz. It's tight. Yeah. You know, so you get a nice tight funk sound and stuff. It's great. Just wow. a wonderful room. I just love it. And uh, yeah, and I'm really happy with the way everything turned out. Um, and we, I didn't know we were going to take as many takes as we did, but we just. It's hard to stop. You, you know how that is. Like, you take a good take, and you know it's probably really good, but let's do another one. Right. You know? So we end up doing, like, four or five takes of each tune. And now I'm going to have to... Did you to, play to a click? Yeah. And and now I'm going to have to go... Um, probably what I'm going to do is send all the drum takes of all the tunes to Archie and let him decide on the drum takes he likes. Because I'm not... I, like, I might take a fill from one take and import it into another main take if I like it. But he knows better than I do. Like right. If, a, if that particular take really, he's playing his best and he likes it better, I'm not one to judge. You right. Know? Like, I'd rather have him pick the one what he likes. What do you likes. mean you're not one to judge? You're well, the most opinionated you know. guy Well, I'll judge ever. here. <laughs> yeah, but I can't judge drummers, man. I mean, to me, everything he played sounds great. But he'll tell you that, oh, that take wasn't good yeah. for me or whatever. And I honestly probably wouldn't know from here. And I'd rather him make the decision because he knows yeah. the intricacies of his playing. All those tom-toms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Damn. Yeah, so how many tracks? 
Um, there's going to be 10 tracks, but nine band tracks. There's going to be one solo guitar track and then nine band tracks. Wow. So, um, yeah, but I'm really happy with the way it came out. The guys just played great. I'm yep. so happy with how they played on it. They just really, they killed it. They really oh, did. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm so happy. And did you all just play they... together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there were a couple tunes, actually two or th three or four tunes maybe, where I already ha had written the tunes in the Mac, and they were in my composition sequence, and they already had some nice layering done because I... Often when I write, it's not just the melody and harmony, but I write little background parts that are sort of, and, and I might do some doublings and stuff just to make everything sound nice. And, right. and so it would have been more fun for them to play to that. Yeah. And since we weren't going to play those those tunes on the road, I saw no reason for me to, look, to kill myself learning all these parts because it's unnecessary. Right. So I let the computer play the song and then the solo sections I soloed, and those were just... Uh, the only drag about that is you don't get to have completely open solos in cue when the band comes in. That The solo has to be a set length of time. Right. But they were long, so it didn't matter. It was like, okay, I'm going to solo for five minutes, yeah. and then... <laughs> When I see the needles start getting toward the song coming back in, I'll cue you guys. <laughs> and then the computer played the rest of the song, you know. But that was only on three or four tunes. The rest of the tunes I just played live, live right, with them. Right. But all the solos were live, and cool. you know, actually, there's you know probably maybe four solos that I really, really like that I'll probably keep. Yeah. You know, whether I like the tone of them, I don't know. You know, right. I mean, I have to wait till I get home. What if you don't like the time? Well, can't you reamp it? Don't you have enough signal to reamp it? IR it. And... I wish I did, but I don't because the only way to reamp is to. Um, plus, it's not just if you about had a the... direct signal, you could. I don't have a direct signal. All I've got is the really all the tracks. You don't just take a direct just for the fuck you of know, it. You know why? Is because to do that, you have to go through a DI box, and they use a buffer, and that has a sound. I see. It it makes it it adds that really tweetery high-end kind of sound in it that gets fizzy when you use with distortion so i don't like to go through direct boxes right but even then it's not just about the the gear it's also my fingers like you know sometimes you you play something you might like the line but it's not your best tone because you might have picked too hard and, right or something and it just kind of <clears throat> sounds i don't know but even if i if i like a solo and 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 don't like the tone i'll just learn it and right. replay it with better tones yeah. no big deal yeah. i have to learn it because the guys reacted to it so i can't play a different solo right. the guys right. played with me so yeah. i have to play the same solo and if i change anything i might be able to get away with playing a changing a few note choices here and there but the right. rhythm stuff all has to be there because they they played to it yeah so yeah i don't get to change that did you use basically your live rig setup I, I used my Sur amp and I used the Sur load box yeah. and and mix IR and and Celest, balance Celestion, and one thing that oh, I you didn't mic cabs. No, oh, you, so you so can. you 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 oh, basically okay. could play with like high gain then. Oh yeah, you know like it's yeah. not like the old days where you had to play softs no. in case you wanted no, to. No, I had my tone. You know, oh, that's really I had different. My tone. That's and it's, different. It's nice because no no leak through into the drum. Yeah, I know. I know. That's different. That's really different awesome. than everything else you've ever done. Yeah, I've, it's the first time I've ever used IRs in the studio, but because now they sound so good, yeah, that 
You can't tell it's not your real cabinet. Wow. The dynamics are amazing. Like, yep. you know, you play really soft and it's soft. You play loud. These tunes that I wrote, these new tunes, they have a lot of dynamics. Yep. They go from, you know, they breathe a lot. Yep. And I can just barely touch the strings and it's just so soft and then hit them harder. And it's it's awesome. It's just yeah, like did a you speaker. Just record with cans in. No, I was in the control room oh, so okay. I could hear the monitors. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, the and guy, then the guys were in the. Right, the main room. they were in the main room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was nice. It was. I don't. I don't know if there's a studio in L.A. where you could actually crank an amp loud enough not to, you know, so it wouldn't bleed into the drums. Not a Marshall, yeah, right? Because you'd have to have such amazing isolation. I don't know any studio that does. It's crazy, it's just, right? How loud it is. Yeah, it's just those amps are. They're stadium amps, and, yeah. and the only reason that I'm able to play one live is because I, it, it's got a master volume, and, and I've got a volume control in the effects loop, and I don't need to play it that loud, right. you know, to, but in the studio, I wanted to get really good tone, so I cranked it, you know, and it would have been deafening if it was a real speaker cabinet, it would right. have been like, whoa, <laughs> where are the drums? You can control it. Yeah.
That's awesome. Yeah, so that was actually nice. That's a first for me, being able to get a nice tone and not have to worry about bleeding it all into the drum mics and everybody yelling at me. Right. So it was cool. Now, was there any part of you who were like, oh, man, I do miss the, the having the speaker or not? You were f- No, I mean, honestly, the- I cannot tell the difference. Wow. And that's one thing about the Sir box that everybody that's come over to my house that's tried it. In fact, a, a friend of mine brought another reactive load by Bogner over. Mm-hmm. And sorry, it just was nowhere near as good. Um, it sounded, they like a lot of them sound very compressed. Right. You play soft, but the notes aren't soft. They're loud. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I've compared this directly to my speaker. And with a speaker... You can hit the string. You could basically touch the string and you don't even hear a sound because even though you touched the string, you didn't touch it hard enough to make the sound. The Sir load box will do the same thing. Right. I mean, it's that dynamic. It's from literally zero to 100, just like a speaker. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing in the way it feels. That's huge. Yeah, it, it is. It's a great box. And that's why I'm saying, you know, even if that aux thing has a, as good as a reactive load as the Sur does, you're still so limited by just a choice of 17 sounds. When if you have a computer, you have as many sounds as there are IRs. Right, right. Yeah. And one thing I found that was really cool, um, I've been doing this for a while, but I like to take the line out of the Sur box and plug it back into my Neve mic pre. Because oh, okay. that even kind of beefs it up even more and makes it sound more juicy. So you Just, go out of that mic pre into your computer. No, um, yeah, and then out of the mic pre into the computer. Right. Yeah. Into yeah. the into their whatever their yeah. conversion. Conversion. Yep. Yeah. The, the 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 only <laughs> hassle about the sessions that I do there is it's Pro Tools. So for Alan, it's a ma- major hassle because he has to take every single drum from every single take out of Pro Tools and merge it as a, just a, you know, merge from zero and make it a, um, a wave file. Right. It's already labeled because the tracks, the template was labeled. Like he makes a recording template with all the names. Yeah. So each time you record a thing, the, the, each soundbite says hat or kick or floor one, floor two, blah, blah. But he has to import every single thing, and it takes. A, it took him a whole import day. Import into what? <clears throat> Export, I mean. Into Export. what? Into a folder, so that I can take those files and import them into Digital Performer. Oh, I see. To convert from Pro Tools to Digital Performer. Yeah. That's why you're doing. In other that. words, so I couldn't like, understand why you do this. The, the Pro Tools is is actually recording wave files. Right. That he takes out of Pro Tools and puts in a big folder. Base take one, base take two, <laughs> right? Base and then you have three. to reimport. Then I have to reimport <laughs> and yeah. it takes like a whole day to do it because it's like click and drag until your hand hurts because you've got to, you know, like there's one song where there was this really interactive solo section and we just wanted to just keep doing it until we got, we did it 14 times. Uh, so wow. I had to, on that song there were like 20 drum takes, so right. I had to take. 14 drums and import them into 14, 20, 24 times. Pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Computer tedious work. Right. Just, but now I'm done. I mean, I've imported all the drums. The next step is for Alan to come over to my house and take one tune and do a, like a master drum mix. 
you know, where he gets all the drums sounding nice and even, gates drums that have rings, and EQs them really nice, and yep. compresses anything that needs compression. And then I will copy what he did onto all the other drums and the other songs, and then I can start um, bouncing to disc these MP3s that I'm going to send to the to Archie. Right. So he can start like listening to them and decide which takes he likes yeah, yeah. the most. And I don't know, I haven't asked him yet if he wants to hear the drums with guitar and bass or with just the drums or just guitar. Probably he'll want to hear them with just guitar. Yeah. Because yeah. the bass isn't going to be the take that, you know. Right. It doesn't, because some songs are longer than others if they have a lo you know, longer solo section. So they don't match. So they're not going to match. So maybe he'll just want to hear the drums with a click. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But somehow he will pick out the takes that he likes the right. best. And I won't have to do it because I might fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> pick out the take. Do you have, a, do you have album names floating around yet or not? Mm, I got an album name. Oh, you have? You got it? I just don't want to say it yet. No, no, don't tell but us. Yeah, I got two names, album name, done. done wow. Album artwork even. Wow. Way. Yeah. That's yeah, so. you're, you're ready to go. And all I got to do is play some notes. <laughs> Layering, turn some knobs. No, I know right. you. You'll be sitting in your room right. for the next six months. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> You'll call me every now and then. You're going crazy. I need to come over and talk you off a ledge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Basically, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to make a trip to True Tone and see what new pedals came out that can give me some sounds that I didn't have on the last record. Right there, you go. Because I do want to vary it up a little bit. I'm thinking about buying um, the. Um, Sound Toys Crystallizer. It's the same company that makes Echo Boy. Oh, okay. And Echo Boy, you know how cool that plugin is. Well, Crystallizer is kind of like it, but it's sort of built off all the old Eventide uh, digital delays and pitch shifters yeah. of, the, of the old days. Yep. And man, are there some sounds in there. Like you put your guitar through some of that shit and it's like, whoa, it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, there's some badass stuff in there that's kind of cool so i'm gonna buy that that's 150 bucks yeah i mean sound toys is amazing company yeah they got you some know? good stuff they not just give you the plug-in but they give you like hundreds of amazing patches that they've worked on for years and you know just tuned it would, in i always found it hard to go through right. all their patches because there's so many there's of them so many of them and they're yeah. all really good. <clears throat> really good yeah yeah that's that's one of my favorite companies they're they're awesome they make such good stuff so when do we do we have a release date or you're not putting that no, out yet? Well, I was hoping if I if I can finish it and put it out in the fall, that'd be awesome because we're going to tour Europe, I mean Asia in November. So right. if I could get it out in time for that tour, that would be really cool. When do you when do you say when is that? Asia is in November. Okay. And then Europe is March uh, this March. Right. You know, so so and I don't know what we have planned for the summer. I hope if I'm lucky, I hope we can go to Europe for the festivals like we did last summer, because I think I told you guys that um, last summer was the first festival tour that I've been have was able to do in years. Right. Which is really good because that means the economy is coming back in Europe, and there are more festivals over there now. Yeah. So that's good news. Yeah. So because we had such a great experience doing all these summer festivals, playing all the door the gigs were outdoors. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I really love to do that again, and uh, hopefully that will happen. Well, this could be a big touring year again. 
I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. We'll see. That's awesome, yeah. man. I hope so. Need work. Need money. All right. Really? What are you going to spend it on? <laughs> well, private school. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. Yeah, private school. Ice skating. Ice skating. <laughs> private school and ice skating is pretty expensive. Okay. It is. Is I she mean, going for the gold? Well, I don't think <coughs> I don't think she's got Olympics in mind, but she really does want to be a good skater. Yeah. She's, and she is a good skater, so she's into it. That's cool. Yeah, and and ice skating is one of the more expensive sports. I can only imagine. Yeah, because lessons and stuff, lots of lessons. Plus, she's into theater. And she's taking tap, vocal, theater. Oh, damn. All that stuff outside of private. Yeah, school. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. So yeah, I gotta make money. <laughs> Give me your money. <laughs> well, Bruce's album is out. We we know that we've got good feedback about the uh, the junkyard. You got duo. feedback? Yeah, emails. Really? I want Digging a copy the tunes? of it. Is it on CD? I brought one for you. Oh great! I can listen to it in my car. I love I love the album cover. Woohoo! Oh, that's badass. <laughs> Isn't it great? That is so fucking cool. <laughs> I love it. Man, what I've heard so far of this album, I really like. So I'm looking forward to hearing it in my car. That's so fucking cool, man. <laughs> that's an awesome cover. You'll never guess who that is. Who? <laughs> no, is it Bruce? <laughs> no. If I tell you, I have to kill you. Right? Yeah, right. That's somebody Bruce murdered. <laughs> yeah. I committed. One of his students I committed jazzicide. That was that was the bass player. Didn't didn't oh, make. Yeah, I was students. fucking up and killing time. Yeah. Right. Rape and murder. Yeah, I've murdered a bunch of my students, man. They're under the building at MI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, Damn. so that's about it. This oh, is no, a, come on. You got more than that, This is man. our first guitar rank for 2018? Is it? Oh, fuck the first it is. one with Scott. Wow. Wow. Damn. Yeah, I haven't really been all that busy, you guys. <laughs> I've just been... You've just been avoiding you know, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had a great time in Vegas. You know, that was awesome. Oh, that's right. How'd that go? And, oh, man, if you guys want to know about a club, there's this place called the Bunkhouse in Vegas... Bunkhouse. And okay. I guess it's I, I don't really have a place to compare it to. Maybe maybe it's a little bit like the mint. Right. Not quite as plush, but it's a great sounding room. They've got really nice uh, acoustic stuff on the ceiling of the stage, so the sound is really awesome. It's awesome in the room. And we got about, I don't know, 70, 75 people there, you know, and just mostly guitar nerds. Right, right. And I did a clinic there the next day and and the cool thing is, is you get the whole door. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, because, you know, Vegas is weird. A lot of clubs you can't charge at the door because the customers come in to gamble. Right. Because they have the slot machines at right. the bar. Right. So you can't charge a cover at the door. This place is sort of like outside of that whole Vegas experience. It's just basically a music club. Oh, that's and cool. And you get the whole percent of the How door. many people are, does it hold? Well, I think it probably holds maybe maybe 150, 200 people, probably. It's a, big, uh, it's, it's it's a club. It's like a nightclub with a bar and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a nightclub with tables and a bar. Oh, Scott, your have typical, we lost your microphone? Oh, yeah. Kind of a, kind of a, typical, um, kind of a typical bar scene, you know? But just really nice and a great. They have their own sound man who's really good. And you brought your band up to do the game. Brought the band. We all drove out there. And um, 
yeah, it was just really fun. That's good. And, and got to bring my own gear, you know, since we drove. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I had my amp and yep. everything. So it was, you, you Now, know, didn't you have Archie like a pedal, drums. bring your pedals down or something? Or hmm? didn't you have like a day where you bring your pedals down? Or what was that? Yeah, I just brought all my gear. And the guys, a lot of the guys had never played through <sighs> a wet, dry rig, you know. So they just wanted to play through my gear. And I brought backing tracks and and in case they wanted to play with a backing track. And they just plugged into my amp and asked questions about pedals and gear stuff. Yeah. It was a gear, a nerd workshop. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, but I had fun, you know. Yeah. They, they were a lot of intelligent questions and a couple guys that had really good tone in their fingers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. I made one big change in my gear. I stopped using open back cabinets. Oh, really? I sold both of my carry right four by 12 open back slant cabs yep. and i bought two carry right just regular old straight four by 12s are they open just, back or are they closed they're closed yeah oh and i just love them man i just love so why because you get more projection well less the, ambient the, sound the, the problem it's more ambient and the problem with the open back cabs is outdoors they you sound can't. like speakers mounted on a board. Right. It just, all the bass flies out the back. There's there's no oomph. Yeah. And there's no diffusion of the notes. So so when you're trying to play legato, you hear all that fizzy shit in between well, the notes. Well, yeah, the notes, know? well, you, the, everything just gets thin. Thin, basically, yeah. Yeah, and with the closed back cabinet, it's just so consistent from place to place. And, and there's ambience within the cab so the notes are more diffused. So right. when you're playing legato, you know, you, you don't, it's like you just don't have to pick as hard to get the it's notes out. It's like a out. tighter sound? They just kind of, it's a little tighter, but what I notice is there's just more of a flow. It's right. more focused. Yeah, it's more focused and the notes just pour out. Yeah, I've not, I mean, yeah. yeah. That's why I like those open back fenders, but you know, it's only in a good room they sound good. Right, because it's you're you're counting on the ambience of the room right. to make it sound yeah, good. Yeah, otherwise you lose all the fatness. You right. just get the the super right. woofy low and the bright high. Yeah, right. The mid just kind of goes out. I, I love the way no, that... You have to play really loud to get a good sound. Yeah, I love the way the open back cabinet sounded at the baked potato and, right. in some places, but I remember when I took it down to Alva's, and Alvis had all that baffling behind the stuff, and it's, it's a really dead room. And it's a really big stage area. Yeah, it's a big stage in a dead room, and my slant, ca my open back cabinet sounded terrible in there. It just, it just, no ambience, right. no diffusion of the notes. Everything's real, eh, I don't know. But the Alvis, Alvis is tough to, in some ways to get a sound in. I'm, 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 we're playing there Sunday. You know, you can move those baffles, you can roll them out. And you can get... You make can the make stage them. smaller. Yeah. Well, what I did last time is I just took two of the middle baffles and just got rid of them. And just took them all the way out off the stage area. And it sounded much better. Because with all five of them there... It's too much. It's dead as a, a pancake. It's just <laughs> right. dead. You yeah. go like this and it's, there's just nothing. But if you get rid of some of the... Take the baffles out of the middle and spread them out a little bit it gets more live and starts to sound like a normal room.
I mean, I'm doing the red guitar, and then I'm playing junkyard duo. So, yeah. So you know, it'll be you know, we'll I just open it. We'll, we'll open it up the whole way. You wouldn't want it dead. No, no, we'll open it. Doing. We'll probably yeah. get rid of all the baffles. I would, I would, yeah. yeah. Because you know, if you get rid of all of them for a band like mine, then the drums are going to be too loud. Yeah. But but. No, me. So, I want as much ambience as I can get. Sure, just get rid of all of them. Get rid of all of them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's why I got rid of the slants, right. and that, the open backs, and um, mainly it was because of the summer tour. Because I'm playing these outdoor stage, and I'm sort of like, "Where's my tone?" <laughs> Just <laughs> so you're gonna uh, ship you? Where's no? 
you going to ship those cabinets or are you just going to Well, get... I, I have one here to play in town and then I shipped one to Europe. Right. And, and, and he's going to do uh, fractal the rest of the time. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> I'm really feeling lucky because this tour is a van tour. Oh, so you there's get to not take very gear. many flights. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. There's, there's, I, I'm going to get to use my own gear at almost every gig. Yeah. And except we're flying to uh, Greece, flying to Macedonia, um, flying to London, but I think that's only three. Yeah. Three gigs we're flying, and and everything else will be in the van, so I get to use my shit. So I'll be happy. Wow. Well, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Be good, I'm looking good forward to trip. it. Yeah. So what else has been happening? Bruce? Well, you know, questions. I got my big gig. For anybody who's in the L.A. area, Sunday. Uh, oh, they won't hear this. Never mind. It, it, was, it was great. <laughs> it was great last Sunday. Three Sundays ago. But we ago, mentioned it on awesome the last gig. one. Right? Yeah, on the last one. Okay. It was an awesome gig. So uh, I've got, I've, you know, me, I'm just, my, like, my big projects right now are, um, are the Junkyard Duo and the Red Guitar, you know. And, I mean, I'm going to New York in May and... I'm going to be playing trio at Dizzy's Club Coca-Cola, you know, Jazz at Lincoln mm -hmm. Center. So I'm doing that, you know, and I'm just playing with lots of different bands. This weekend, I'll be playing, uh, the, there's a Newport Beach Jazz Party. It's mm -hmm. their last one they're ever going to do. I'm doing that. I'm playing with a great organ player named Tony Monaco. Mm -hmm. And then um, sun, Saturday, I'm playing with Freddie Cole, mm -hmm. who's Nat Cole's brother. Sings oh, sings cool. very much like him. That's wow. cool. How so, old is he now? He's probably in his eighties. Wow. We're and old. and we're doing a really cool little quartet show for the Jazz Bakery, and then my Sunday gig with da da da, da and just gigs and how's the how's teaching? the uh, Tuesday thing? It um, is John doing John's, good in Pasadena. It, it, it the time I went, it was fine. The time I played, there was packed. Uh, I've been hearing good things. Well, good. That's they're, good. They're still doing it this month. You know, I. I have my doubts about it because everybody was in the valley, you know, and to get to Pasadena at that time. Of it's night. a long run to Pasadena. I mean, it's a little out of the way, but at least he's got a place. They're gonna, he's got a place. He's just going to cultivate a new audience out there and then maybe bring it back when the time is right. Um, my experience with Pasadena isn't good because there was... They tried to do the baked potato in Pasadena. It, oh, really? It failed. Right. Then they did that club that I played at with... Rufus and Andy Sinisi quite a few times. I don't know if you remember that place, but it was this big, beautiful, plush club, and some guy from the Middle East bought it, and it was really, really nice. That lasted a couple months. And then you, was it up in the Paseo, Colorado? Yes. That jazz, that really great jazz club, beautiful New York-looking club. It. That's That it. was a great club. That was an it? amazing club. I mean, you knew it was in the wrong place. It was yep. never going to work. Yep. But, I mean, this club was as beautiful a it club plush, as you could ever beautiful. hope for. Yeah. I mean, it was set up right. The bar was off to the side, so you could hang at the bar and not bother the band. You know, there was like, it was And then awesome, there was like man. a back back room with like pool tables and shit. It was oh, really man. a swinging like, New York vibe. I played there uh, one night, night with Andy and Rufus and Mitch Foreman. Yeah. And uh, Mitch was killing that night. It was really fun, man. A great, great hang, but... Yeah, what was it? Was called jazz something. Jazz something. I can't remember. But then all of a sudden, it wasn't there anymore. That guy Paul Lines. <laughs> yeah, ran it. And I don't know why it closed, but obviously, probably well, just if somebody it, just got smart and yeah, made, looked at, looked at the books. Yeah. Damn. But what a great place! Now, if that place was on Ventura Boulevard, that place would have just yeah. been killer. You know. Yeah. 
but yeah, location, even, location. even even the places on the boulevard haven't lasted. Like Cozy's went down, Cafe yeah. Cordial went, went down, down. and uh, it just must be. And I think one of the main reasons the baked potato keeps going strong is because they own the building. They've they've owned it for years. They right. don't have to pay rent. Yeah, and that's a probably a huge factor. And it's got a huge tourist. Sure, base. it's got a big fan base, and yeah, it's well known. Isn't it? Yeah, of you course. know, I mean, we eventually we're gonna have to start playing music people like. <laughs> that would just be no. That's too easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's Sorry. just keep playing music. Sorry. people Fucking eight. Well, if the baked potato <laughs> did better at that, if the baked potato did good meals, they'd be really good. <laughs> wow. Really, who who'd have thought? You know, you take a potato, cost you forty cents, and sell it for seventeen dollars because you threw some cheese on it. I, <laughs> I like that business that's, model. That's, that's a good business and model, it still, and it still tastes like shit. That's kind of like the CD model, man, where you can buy a CD for two bucks and you know sell it for twenty. Something. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> a good. Maybe we haven't thought about putting cheese on it yet. You know, maybe that's what we need to do. Teriyaki. <laughs> that's Put some habanero, man. That's right. That's an expensive place. Yeah, damn right, man. <laughs> okay. Well, what about you, Troy? What the hell have you been doing? Why are you wearing a flannel shirt and looking like you're a lumberjack? Because <laughs> I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I don't I've know. I've never seen you wear flannel before. Oh, I think I got this as a Christmas gift, and I've been I I I pulled it out the other day, and I thought I'll wear that. From Paul Bunyan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the old. That's the old Jewish mother. The two. The old Jewish mother with the two shirts. Right. You know. Right. She gives you two shirts, mm-hmm. and you know you're having dinner, so you put one on, you know. And she goes, "What? You didn't like the other one?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and we've got a hat. Everybody's probably seen it on we've Facebook by now. But but do it, it, right? or I guess we're gonna do it. It's kind of it's in your ballpark. We we got to find out how much they they may be expensive. I don't know. That's the only <laughs> thing we expensive. need. May, the, oh, you don't know how much it costs? It's gonna. Well, we've got I've got ballpark figures. Uh huh. But we but need real figures because we're not gonna hat? play in the ballpark. Is the company actually to get this logo done on this hat was a massive pain in the ass. I tried so many companies that said they couldn't do it. It was going to be too small. Oh, right. And to get it this size, I had to get a company on actually in Studio City. Yes, and Size embroidery. does matter. I've always told you guys right? that. That's exactly so. <laughs> right. So they did this hat for free because I was like, yeah, I don't think we can do it. I need to show the guys. And they're like, we'll do your freebie. Well, I mean, that's a great looking hat. That it's is great. great but, really but let's see what the mar- numbers are. You right. know, I mean, well, I mean, the question is people are going to have to pipe in and say, would you spend? It could be up to, up to it's $35, $40. Be Ouch. That much? How much? Could, it could be right. 30 $35, $40. Yeah, eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred twenty-two with that. That's how much a hat would cost. Eight hundred dollar hat. I think it's fair. Now, what do you think? With I inflation, got a sir hat the other day for free. <laughs> you got a sir hat for free. Well, we'll go ahead and but wear yeah, it. Yeah, how far did I you have to drive? I can see you're not wearing it now. It must <laughs> be a really nice hat. <laughs> how far did you have to drive for that hat? Like a long ways, man. Okay. Like an hour and a half. No, we we just have to figure out what the price will be, you know, and then if we want to go down that road. <clears throat> But we do also have, Scott doesn't even know about this. And I was giving him away at MI. And he still doesn't know about it. He still doesn't even know about it. Are you ready, Scott? I don't know. The the kids at MI know about this. I'm scared. I'm scared. 
Coasters? <laughs> Shit. Is what is that, this? Beverly Hills? Is that cool? Is That's, that not cool? Man, well, hey. <coughs> Hot damn. Dude, dude. Whoa. Dude. Scott man, just tested it, ladies I and gentlemen. I feel like a million bucks. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't yeah. see that. I feel like a million bucks. Look at that. Look at that. And it look pretty. Look at my Starbucks coffee on that guitar wink coaster. Poster. You got to admit that's cool. It is. That's very it's cool. Way fucking cool. How much did that cost? Like, um, like we just took it out of your. Cents. We just took it out of your chunk. <laughs> they're about four cents each, but we're charging fifteen dollars. We're double, selling. Yeah, they're double. They're double sided, right? So you can get drunk and you still can't screw up. <laughs> wow. And when they get wet, does the wetness ruin them, or do they No, stay? no, they just get dry afterwards. I mean, if they get really wet, they get soggy. You know, like any coaster. Right. You've been in a bar before. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we got just coasters next to his hats. Wow. We're just going to be a merching machine here. Shit, man. We'll be rich beyond our wildest rich dreams. Bitch. We already are, man. Just, right? just you, like you've, got, you've got like 3,000 speaker boxes yeah, right just, now. Just like Homer Simpson said, I'm through with these get-rich-quick schemes. My next idea is going to be make me rich and quick. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've decided I'm not going to, you know, why try to sell a million CDs? I just want to sell one for a million. Right. That's that a makes it a million seller. A so I'm, I'm, I'm asking you all out in Guitar Wank Land, help me have a million seller. A million just seller. basically it could be a million CDs or it could be one CD for a million. All you need is one kind of semi-hot old lady from Beverly Hills who likes you, and she'll give you a million dollars. But you know, know and all you, you got to do, do is pour. No, 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 no offense to <laughs> no offense, Scott, but it, it, it our advanced um, chronology, uh -huh. we're really not going to be that kind of candy to this said oh. person. Oh, I see. Sorry, sorry. That ship, <laughs> that ship has fled. Broke my bubble. You know what I mean? That cow has left the barn a long time ago. <laughs> oh well. Sorry. Ah crap. No, it doesn't make you a bad person. Well, you know those Kickstarter things. If you look at them, and a lot of them, and I've seen this because I've seen the numbers fly. Yep. And they don't fly because a lot of people bought a CD. They fly, and by fly, I mean they go from a. Yeah. here to here really fast uh -huh. i mean my hands are going up for yeah you yeah yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> the radio so, I, yeah. I think even guitar wing people would have gotten yeah they that. would have gotten that. yeah so anyway it's because somebody bought the big you know the big sausage somebody right right said, the executive producers yeah slam. like like if you pay us five thousand dollars We'll name you as the executive producer of the album, or if you pay us ten thousand oh, dollars, you can come and fuck my wife. I think while I'm, I think I think the, the I think the X prod is ten grand, and the ass prod is five grand. The ass prod, yeah, assistant producer. You get it? Oh, ass prod. Yeah. You know, they they do that in movies too. Ass prod. Oh yeah, the X prod and the ass prod. Assistant producer. <laughs> They do that. Come and prod my ass for they, 10 They grand. do that in, in movies as well. <laughs> when be the ass prod for their five. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to know that there's some guys out there that are really super rich fans who like, yeah, man, I'm going to be the assistant. And not only that, I saw like on Weckle's thing when Weckle did that album that if you paid a certain amount of money, 
they would fly you out to the session, right? And you could be there at the at yeah. The but usually the guy has like his own that. jet, so he doesn't right. do it that way. But you right. know, I mean, there's another. You know, I mean, grand. all my records actually are million sellers. I've got a million in the cellar. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm really confused now. Why haven't we got one of these guys that come on to guitar wank and pay five hundred thousand well, dollars to join be, us? Because we're, we're because we're superficial and shallow, and they hear us talking now, yeah. and they know that's all they we want know from us. them. Right? They know we just want. We, money. we, you know, I mean, it's like it's like hitting on somebody, you know, and letting them know you only want their money. Yeah, you're supposed to fake. Uh, so we yeah. haven't been and, and, and we've been too honest. Oh, so yeah. ain't, we ain't going to get nothing. But you but, know what? We got the one thing money can't buy. What's that? Poverty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll teach yeah. them. Well, what if we offered them, like, they could come on the podcast. If they paid enough money, they could just come on the podcast and be on the podcast and... and why would they even want why to? Why would they even no, want to? Maybe why would they even want to? And they knew they bought their way on. It's like, really? I know. I was just going to say, they could be on the podcast no, here's and then the I went for fucking here's, what? Okay, here's the deal. If you're really rich, I mean, you have to be so rich like that you've got like monogram toilet paper. Mm-hmm. That kind of rich. That's pretty we'll rich. pay for you to come on this show. What? We'll pay for you to come we'll on We'll pay? This. Yeah. What about if they're really rich, they fly us to their place and we'll do the podcast from there? No, no, no. We have to flip this whole paradigm. You see, everybody's always hitting on rich people for their money. We need to give people rich money. Oh, that's a good idea. Give rich people money. We have to change the paradigm. Let them know we respect them for their richness. Yeah, And we want to help them. And we want to give them money to help them. That'll stick it up. because, Because we know how hard it is to be rich. Everybody hates you. Everybody wants somebody from you. You never really know if somebody likes you because you're you or you got money. It's like being a beautiful woman. You never really know if they really like you or if they just want you because you're such a fine human. You know, it's a rough thing to carry around your whole life. It's like that. It's like if you had a name like your last name was Cocksucker, right? (laughs) If a woman married you, you know she really loved you. Because now her last name is Coxon. <laughs> that's what and I really... so you know she really loves you. That's you know that, that, that's when it gets real. You know that's what I miss about Kurt Covington the most, having him on the road, is because he could be up on stage doing his drum check, his sound yeah. check, and I could be out in the audience, you know, just fucking around, and I would yell. Hey, cocksucker! And he would go, yeah! <laughs> in fact, he, he did that in front of my dad one time, and my dad lost it. He was oh, laughing so hard. Awesome. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like, you prove your love, you know what I mean? We, okay, if, you, if you're fabulously wealthy, we want to give you money. If we, how much are we going to give them? I don't know. Depends don't on how anything. Rich, depends on how rich they really are. <laughs> yeah, this will mess with them. Well, anyway, I can't think of any other reasons for them to come on the podcast other than to just be here and maybe get a guitar lesson from Bruce on air. Oh, nothing like that pressure. Be, that would be pretty cool. I'd be happy to do that. We could do that. Mm-hmm. Be happy to do that. To but fun. what about Scott? What about you giving him? I don't him have a... anything to teach him. Oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> you could, you could, you, but man, you could geek out, fuck, geek out with the pedals and stuff. Yeah, I could. Man, I people pay a lot more for that than a good lesson on some dead music like bebop <laughs> dead musician <laughs> don't teach me how to play let's get a really cool sound 
Yeah, it's cool. Like, uh, you know, if I get this pedal, I'm going to sound great anyways. Why do I need to learn that shit? <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> now, we, we, did have, we did have a guy, and I haven't got the email, so fuck it. But we did have a guy that flew in from somewhere, and I think I told you this. He flew in to, like, L.A., somewhere like Orange County, talked his brother into driving all the way up to the Grove to come and see Bruce Ford. Oh, and I wasn't there. And you weren't there. Right at the Grove, the Grove, the Grove. Yeah, the Grove, the Grove. Grove. Yeah. Farmers Market. Yeah, yeah, the, the the Disneyland of shopping malls. Where were yeah. you playing there? Uh, they have a like an amphitheater that you play in, with a fake lawn that everybody gets towels and lays out on it by the water fountain. I know that place. Okay, I was just there actually. Mm-hmm. But so what, that guy, that night, I'm really sorry about but it. Was, that. This was a while. This was, was a while I ago. sick that night? I think you were sick or something happened. Anyway, so he did it again. He flew out. And I was got not there. First of all, don't come hear brother. me at the Grove. Hear me somewhere else. And then he got up all the way up there again, and you were sick. Let me ask you Twice this. Twice. Can, okay. Dude, whoever you are, if you're listening, just email me directly, and we'll talk. And yeah. I'll make sure you get to the game. And, and I will take care of you. I will take when care of you. When you play at the Grove, do you have a lot of little kids dancing? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's an awesome game. Sure, man. sure, sure. If you game. like that sort of thing. Well, I got <laughs> I'm hot for their grandmothers, okay? <laughs> you walked into that one. Because the last time I was at the Grove, I saw a piano trio with a singer, and the piano player was actually pretty good. Yeah. He's a good player. I know? know the guy that books it, and so, yeah, uh-huh. I know the guys who are on it. And I'm usually, yeah. I mean, I play it every couple of weeks, and uh-huh. I think what might have happened, he's also a real, like, the guy who books it books a lot of things and so he might have at the last minute pulled me off that gig and put me on another one because he needed me to be there and you I know can't what remember i mean the reason, but so but those grove gigs they, they, they we're we're just basically sidemen musician so it's, i would it's, say it's the best place to hear music cause there's so right much no noise i mean yeah. i mean yeah. you know come out and hear us here, we're doing the red guitar, and uh, me and Danny yeah, if you're here. Fly out, fly out for the red guitar. I mean, here. Alva's is a great place to hear yeah. music. That's yeah. a wonderful club, and you can And it's close to Orange County Airport. Yeah, there's yeah. no bad seat in that club. I mean, right. it sounds pristine. well. There are no seats in that club. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's no bad seats. It really seat. does sound good. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it sounds like a CD in there, and the sound guy that runs the sound is great, and it's just a wonderful place to hear music. I think it's even better than the Spud. Because, you know, at the spud, if you're back in that back corner, you know, it's nice if you're sitting in front, but if you're back, it's yeah, you, not, not, not as really, good. It's like yeah. you're hearing it, but you're not really seeing it. Yeah, but Alva's is, Alva's yeah. is really cool. That's cool. Yeah, And less expensive, I imagine, than the baked potato, too, probably. Oh, uh, one, yeah, they get you one place or another. Yeah. Well, but anyways, life goes on. I'm really sorry about this guy. I, I can't believe the amount of commitment to hear me. I mean... You sure you're sure he's not like trying to serve me with a process? Of a... <laughs> he's, yeah, he said. My ex-wife is suing me again. <laughs> I think that's what's going on. He's gonna serve you. He's like, I can't find this bloody Bruce Forman. I gotta find this guy, man. I heard he's at the Grove. I gotta serve this guy. Yeah. Does he actually play? He's canceling all these gigs on me. <laughs> Or it's the IRS. Oh, they're they're trying to make sure man. I'm really working, you know. Oh,